Exercise can feel like a loaded topic, but what if it just didn't need to be that way? What if exercise and movement could be the way to connect back into your body to feel strong, empowered, and confident? It may be hard to believe, but it is certainly possible, and my guest today, Yana Barrett, is going to show you exactly what she has found works so well for both herself and her clients. Yana is all about exercising to feel strong, confident, and powerful, and to move with freedom, pain-free, for as long as we possibly can. She is a certified TAC-fit instructor, strength and conditioning coach, qualified personal trainer, and mobility alchemist. Yana helps athletic women over 40 transition from exercise that leaves them either broken, burnt out, or bored into a new way of training that's more aligned with their stage of life so they can age with strength, confidence, and grace for all of life without sacrificing the challenge, thrill, and joy. She has almost a decade of experience. Her clients get strong and powerful using exercise and movement that is intuitive, suits their bodies, especially as they are transitioning through menopause. Yana has discovered and mastered ancient warrior training with steel mace and club bells, and she now helps other women discover their feminine warrior. She believes that every woman deserves to feel strong, confident, and invincible. She is also a mother of three and lives in the beautiful New Zealand. She loves all things outdoors and is a keen, but not always very good, surfer. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, founder of the Whole Self Integration Method and Chronic Pain Specialist. And I am here to help you move out of a life that feels like it is constantly shrinking and get back into one that feels expansive, full of joy, and just a life where you get to choose what it means to live full out. If you are just not sure where to start on your chronic pain journey, the first and most essential place to start is by identifying your pain response subtype. Without knowing this, it's going to feel like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying all different techniques and tools, but not knowing which is truly right for your body. Chronic pain is complex. There are many kinds and there are many ways to approach it. And one of the most surefire way to get yourself on a path of clarity and one that is right and aligned for your body is by identifying your pain response subtype. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes, getting the PDF, and taking the very easy to fill out confidential pain response assessment, and you'll get your results instantly. Now let's get into today's show. Welcome, welcome, Yana. I am so excited to have you here on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, you have such, uh, I feel like, a unique perspective. And when I saw, came across you and your profile and what you do, I was like, oh, I want to talk to you more and learn more about what you do. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So if you don't mind, can you give a, a brief, I know it's hard to keep it brief, like overview of what you do and what got you to the point where you're at today. Thank you. Um, I'm a fitness and movement coach and I've been coaching people for over a decade now. And essentially I, I coach people in midlife. So women 
and some men as well in my face-to-face -face business um over 40 so I help them gain strength and lifelong fitness I help them with mobility and get strength and confidence so they can age well and pretty much live the life their lives to the fullest to kind of mm. Oh, that's so powerful. It's such an amazing thing of what we can do with our bodies. So what is your specific approach in fitness or mobility? So I have moved slightly from the conventional and traditional fitness modalities like wage training and gyms. And now I coach my clients with um, slightly unconventional tools like kettlebells, which are probably quite common. Most people will have handled a kettlebell in their life if they are into exercise but I also do club bells and for the last three years my favorite is the steel maze which probably a lot of people haven't held in their hands and haven't probably encountered but it's it's a thousands and thousands and thousands of years old tool primal humans used to manufacture steel maces just from a rock and a stick so it's somehow I feel wired into our DNA to be swinging something. It's got a heavy thing at the end of it. And I think the earliest depictions of the steel mace are about 2000 years ago from like Tibet and, and India. So they used to use them to condition warriors, fighters, soldiers, and wrestlers. And it has come to the West only about 10 years ago. So it's still relatively new and I would say slightly kind of underground, mm -hmm. but, but in my opinion, it, I, I can't really, and I've tried so many different things. I, if I had to pick one, that would be the, it will be the steel mace as a, as a kind of the, the best tool for human optimization, because what I love about it, that it's not only about strength, but it has the mobility built into it. So not mm. only it's getting you stronger on a muscular level, it is also really strengthening joints and connective tissue and kind of helping the joint to move in the full range of motion and that's probably how I where I see the limitations in traditional weightlifting it's a very two-dimensional movement there's very little complexity whereas if you have a look on my website or wherever any kind of steel mace videos you can move in so many planes of motion and you can twist and you can lunge and you can you know, you can kind of combine so many movements together. And I think that with some of the more traditional fitness styles, we're not really tapping into the possibilities of the human body and, and you know, explore all of the ways we can move our human bodies, not just up and down and side to side. You know, we are capable of such complex, you know, like I, I'm a keen surfer. And when you think about surfing, I need from my exercise to get me fit for that. But there's so much in surfing. There is rotation, going up and down, feeling the, you know, the nuances of the wave. And then you need the brutal strength to pedal out. You need full range of motion in your hips and your shoulders. You need to kind of understand biomechanics and how to pedal without frying your rotator cuff and your shoulder muscles. You know, there's so much in there. And I found that for life and for sports, the steel mace has proven to me to be the the kind of the, the best tool there is. Mm, that's so cool. And for anyone who wants to kind of picture, but I recommend Google. It's like this like long 
steel stick with it, like the ball at the end, as Yana said. We actually got one at the last or two clinics ago that I worked at. It was close to when I left, so I didn't get to play with it much. I got to play with it a little bit. And it was like, mm-hmm. there is something so primal about it. It was like, I was like, oh, this thing is cool. And that clinic was really good. They were always introducing new like tools and sandbags and playing with different things. But I never got to like take a course on it and really learn how to play with it. And so when I saw you use it, I was like, oh, that just like reminds me of it because there was something about picking it up that just felt real powerful. And you're right, like using all the range of motion. And so I would love to back up, though, and even define mobility for those that might not understand the difference of like mobility versus flexibility or even what we, Mm. you know, what you mean by that, by the different dimensions of motion. So do you mind going into that a bit? Not at all, no, because that is probably the most common question. What's the difference mm-hmm. between mobility and stretching? Or very often people ask me, what's the difference between mobility and yoga? Yes. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's, I love answering these kind of prickly questions because the yoga enthusiasts are so protective of their yoga, you know. Um, so mobility, essentially, if you really boil it down, is strength training for the joints and connective tissue. As opposed to stretching, mobility is dynamic and active and it's exploring kind of the full range of motions in the joints. Stretching is a passive activity. You're basically just stretching the muscle in usually just one kind of direction. Whereas when you're doing mobility, you are taking your joints through the full range of motions. It's more active and you're also building strength in the end range. Where the and that is where a lot of people get injured because they don't have full mobility like in shoulders or hips. So when they are loading their shoulders with overhead pressing and they cannot access that final range of motion, suddenly the biomechanics changes and that's usually where you've probably seen that that's where people get injured. So mobility, and often people kind of leave mobility behind. They really focus on strengthening their muscles. It's all about the muscles, muscles. But if your connective tissue and your joint is not strong, your strong muscles are no good because you mm-hmm. will be in that injury cycle. And, you know, I used to coach a lot of weightlift, um, powerlifters, weightlifters, and bodybuilders, and they can lift phenomenal weight. And then you ask them to do a simple mobility movement and they just can't. Or they're really muscle-bound and very stiff and a lot of tension in the body. So, so that is the fundamental kind of difference between mobility and and just passive stretching and some of yoga it's quite active but a lot of it is promoting the the kind of stretching and stretching more and more and more which i often see leads to destabilization of the joint you're just stretching the ligaments and you're stretching the small stabilizing muscles around the joint and you're not building strength in it so i'm all for yoga for like mindfulness and movement and de-stressing and meditation and breath work but if you want functional strength and mobility in your joints then mobility work and mobility systematic targeted mobility training it's always going to give you more kind of bang for your buck yes i so so agree and i think you mentioned one group because I feel like there's there's always a spectrum of where someone just is and I'm like everyone's just kind of born somewhere on the spectrum you are naturally going to fall in like the more muscle bound like you said like someone who is just tighter 
and struggles with flexibility. And so for them, mobility, like you're, you know, the weightlifters that you're talking about, it's like you both need to gain the flexibility and the mobility. Mm. But what I see a lot of, and I think it tends to, I'm curious what, what you, who, like what body type you tend to work with, or maybe it's the whole, the whole gamut. But what I have found is the subset of those that I work with with chronic pain, which often are women, often on the more people-pleasing, perfectionist, type A, like, spectrum. Not always. So by no means is this always correlated, but I would see a high, high percentage also tend to be on the more hypermobile end of the spectrum, meaning that they have a lot of flexibility. So if you're doing a hamstring stretch, it's like you can, you know, if you're doing a yoga fold, you can just like fold over and completely like be, you know, belly to thigh yeah. um, on flexibility, but they don't have the mobility piece, which is exactly what's so important, meaning that they don't have any control over their range of motion. And I feel like exactly like you said, it's such a common area to get injured. When I, the first clinic I worked with, we worked with dancers yeah. And I feel like, oh my gosh, you, I mean, what do you see a spectrum? But we worked with like professional dancers and it's like, you want to talk about people who have like amazing mobility. It's like these people can, these dancers can bring their leg, you know, to all the way up. So it's next to their ear, but not through momentum, right? It wasn't just like, oh, what? Someone's picking it up for them. It's like they have the strength to bring it up and hold it there and control it at that end range, it's like mind-blowing amounts of strength. Like, just try it. Like, notice how far can you lift your leg up on your own versus, like, if someone picked it up for you, that's the difference between mobility and flexibility. And it is, like, astonishing how weak. I mean, I know I am in my end ranges motion because I need to work my mobility more. You're inspiring me. (laughs) And that's how I usually demonstrate the different be- difference between flexibility and mobility is that if, you, if you're standing up and you're using momentum and you want to flick your leg as far as it mm-hmm. will go, it will go very quite far usually for mm-hmm. most people, right? You might possibly hurt yourself while you're doing yeah. it as well. Disclaimer. Yeah. But if you're actually going really slowly, you suddenly are completely different and you feel the weakness around the, the hip, right? And that's usually how I demonstrate the the difference between flexibility and mobility it's just entirely different oh yeah and that whole range of motion that you your body has access to through flexibility but not mobility i think like what you said it really is areas where especially if you're doing things like surfing or you know where where you might be thrown into those ranges of motion that is where injuries can happen because we just don't have the control there yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I've worked with dancers. I've worked with a lot of gymnasts as well. I usually get them kind of in their 40s and 50s when they're really dealing with the full aftermath of that, you know, hip, that back extension, you know, those really sway bags. And I also actually have coached a lot of yoga teachers. They, they tend to have terrible issues with their lower backs and their their pelvises because of the constant stretching and stretching and stretching and not building strength at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm i a CrossFitter, <laughs> or I used to be, and now I've started it up again. But it really is, 
And I feel like before when I was doing CrossFit, I just recently started again. I could always have like the clinic, like I worked in the clinic the whole time. And it's amazing how demonstrating exercises and things like that, it kind of keeps your own self in check. And I'm realizing I'm like, oh, I don't have that. Like I'm not kind of proving anything to anybody or like demonstrating exercises anymore. And I'm like, I need to be really careful because I remember it's so easy to, in these weightlifting moves, to only move in these like certain planes of motion and totally lose strength in other ones. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I often get a lot of cross, a lot of people from these high intensity classes. And I think it's quite nice to either do lots of mobility to supplement and kind of complement these or do a little bit of functional training on the side just to promote those more complex movements because CrossFit tends to be quite kind of traditionally weightlifting, you know, up and down oh, right? yeah. and things like yes. that. There's a bit of rotation, I think, as well. But um, the kind of, because I sometimes look at the steel mace training as a bit of a kind of weighted mobility too, especially when you're doing some of the mace flows. So those are just lovely kind of complementary um, fitness exercise style to, to to help you with, you know, s- some kind of high performance exercise like crossfit mm-hmm. or weightlifting or powerlifting. Nice. Yeah. So do you tend to use it more as like supplemental or it's like in your, when you're training people, is it like the thing? It's both. Okay, yeah, so it's both, and that's really lovely. So I I tend to attract a lot of ex athletes or very active people. Um, so a lot of surfers and runners, martial artists, you know, a lot of people like that. But I do have some clients who just want to be fit for life. They are maybe parents. They want to be able to keep up with their children. They don't want to live in pain. They want to have that overall kind of level of strength they don't they're not trying to do anything extreme or performance based they literally just want to be able to feel good they want to be strong enough to pick up their kids to pick up a couple of bags of groceries do a few hours of gardening and I've also noticed a lot of people and especially women are now starting to think about not losing muscle mass and not losing bone density so I have noticed in the last few years Instead of the weight loss and looking a certain way, the goals have really shifted for people into more longevity, preserving the functionality of their bodies, aging well, not having fractures, injuries, and basically kind of maintaining their independence till they are very old. Because once you lose your mobility and get in and out of a car, you can't get in and out of bed, you can't clean your own home. That's the end. You are going to have to move somewhere else. And I think women in their 40s and 50s are often seeing their parents deteriorate and start moving into assisted living or suffering from mental health issues because they are in chronic pain because they can't move, they can't do the fun things they used to. And so that is the kind of horrific example where a lack of strength and lack of mobility can take you in your 60s, 70s and beyond. So that's been kind of quite exciting goals and the shift from, I don't, I don't really essentially care how I look. That's not my number one reason. I mean, it comes with it. You know, it's always death, right? Yeah, of course. Because you <laughs> up and you suddenly look good. You've got great posture and you kind of functional and strong but I have been really excited about the the 
the number one reasons, for, especially for women in midlife, to seek my support. That's been quite exciting. Yeah, I think that's amazing that you're seeing that shift. I'm seeing that shift too, and I think it's it's so important. And I really want to address that piece that you were speaking to of without mobility, like that is kind of where things end. And I hate fear mongering. And I think there is an um like a degree of how important it is for people to become aware of what happens when movement is lost. Because I think if you don't have aging parents or maybe you're not seeing it in a certain way, I think people in the clinic especially, I would get women in their 40s and 50s that could no longer get up and down off the floor. Like they mm-hmm. they were already really have had regressed and for no really good, like not that there's ever really a good reason, right? But there was no like good explanation. It was just solely lack of like movement and exercise. And then because of that, they are of course in pain, which is why they're ending up in physical therapy. And so obviously this, you know, this podcast focuses a lot on the mind body side of things. And that can't really be separated out when you're in a state of feeling like you don't have control over your body. However, I think sometimes the angle is more about approaching it from getting mobility back first because that when you feel like you can move in your own body your confidence and your connection with your body is going to just improve as a byproduct Hmm. and yeah I mean I think it was for me it was something that really stuck with me and was so eye-opening and is one of the big motivators why I you know stay active and want to stay strong and now why I'm a little hyper aware of like okay I got to make sure I'm balancing out the CrossFit as I've moved back into it with making sure I'm not losing my mobility here because yeah when you witness someone not being able to like get up and down off the table or bend over to tie their shoe like I mean I had so many patients being like hey can you tie my shoe for me right it's like they couldn't do it themselves and it wasn't from a pain or injury it was solely lack of mobility And they kind of get in the habits of their husbands doing it for them or they have shoes that, you know, are easy to slip on, which are all wonderful, you know, things to use when you need to. But those things like slip away, right? It's like it starts so subtle and then I feel like it it snowballs really fast. So I don't know if you want to speak to any just of the importance of mobility from a really functional standpoint, um, if there's anything else that's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And I have had clients in their 40s and 50s who cannot get off the ground. Yeah. And so I'm totally familiar with that. Um, it's it's really tragic when people end up like that because the solution is so tragically simple. Yeah. It's literally 10 minutes of mobility every day. That's mm. very, very, and I often, I don't know if you found it, but I really deeply resent the I'm just getting old excuse. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm just getting old. It's okay. I had people in their 30s tell me that. And I'm like, I am older than you like you can't and I'm not that old like I like I literally remember having someone who was 32 tell me that and I was like no you're not no no they're not and it's it's it is so simple and I think that it's it's really irresponsible to allow yourself to get to this stage because like I don't want to be a burden on my family and I'm old I don't want to be burden on my husband I don't I want to be a functional human being. I don't have to deadlift one and a half times of my body weight. I don't have to be able to run a marathon. But I really want to be able to tie my own shoelaces and mop my own floor or pick up something off the ground if I if I if I drop it. And also 
I really, I, I'm, my children are teens and I am really mightily looking forward to being a grandmother. And where do babies, you know, exist? They exist on the ground and yes. toddlers as well. And so I think sometimes people don't look at, you know, sometimes I wish I could give people a glimpse of what their lives would be like if they don't do mobility, you know, because when they realize it's too late, it's often too late. Like I had a client who was 60 and she didn't have enough strength to pick up her eight month old baby granddaughter out of a cot. Now that is a heartbreaking moment. That is when it all kind of comes crashing down, I feel. So you don't have to be lifting weights. You don't have to be running marathons. You don't have to do martial arts or anything, but you just need to be able to preserve to a certain extent your body's ability to move freely without pain. Yes, yes. And and it's like, while it's never too late to do something ever, like there's always something you can do to improve your mobility. It's, you're never too old, never too broken or anything like that. Never too anything. No, it's 10 yeah. minutes a day, Andrea. It's yes. 10 minutes a day, but it's 10 minutes a day every day. Mm, yes. I but think like that's everyone, so everyone can find 10 minutes a day. Yeah. As soon as you start doing mobility movements, you feel more energized. Everything's just flowing better. You mm -hmm. Obviously, you're really supporting your lymphatic system and drainage. You are lubricating everything. So rather than moving around like a dried twig, <laughs> you are more supple, you know, you're warming up the synovial fluid in your joints. You're not so freaky. You're getting rid of all the tension, the stiffness, the little niggles that we have. And, and, and let's be honest, you know, we're all sitting in front of computers. We're all sitting a lot, <laughs> you know, we, and it's, you know, it's what we have to do for, for work. I spend a lot of time in front of a computer, but I, I do five minutes of mobility here and there, and it's, I'm not adapting you know, that poor posture and tight hips and sore lower back and the neck is all jutting forward and rounded shoulders. So it's, it's actually, I think I wish more people knew how simple it is. Yes. Oh, totally. I'm so with you. I mean, it's a, it can be a few simple exercises. And I think what you spoke to of like being able to show people, like if they kind of carry things forward about where their things are going, because I think Another thing that people sometimes don't realize, especially women, we do have, if not checked, a decline of muscle mass if it's not used. Oh. It's like, use it or lose it. It is just the reality of being in a human body. So I think for what I see the mistake people make is being like, well, I'm, I can get around okay fine now, but it's like things are only going to get worse unless you're actively doing something to counteract it. And I think what happens, especially in chronic pain, and I'd love you to speak to this piece especially, is that there's then the fear of movement comes in. So then less movement happens. And it gets to a point where it's like the decline is both very physical and then from the mind-body perspective of like the fear builds up. And again, you have these two things that just like are this really unfortunate, like rapid, vicious cycle that happen. 
And unless it is intervened on at whatever, the cool thing is, is you can intervene on it wherever feels most doable for you first. So that might be the mind-body place, or it might be like, like you're saying, moving for 10 minutes a day or starting with one minute a day of mobility or a simple stretch. Um, is it, it just has to be intervened on because things will not get better otherwise. It's, it's just the unfortunate reality. Mm. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I often see that with people post-injury, mm -hmm. like maybe post-fracture, you know, once that, you know, you know the statistic as well as I do, that um, one in three women over 50 will have a fracture um, post-fall, due to a fall. Mm -hmm. And I often see it with women who have either had a fracture or women who have had some like surgery or some kind of traumatic event like that, they completely lose confidence in their bodies. So they suddenly, they are very hesitant to walk down the stairs. This is probably what you talk about. Mm -hmm. Or they, you know, if they step on a stool, they're not sure if they're going to be okay if they jump off the stool. Mm -hmm. Or um, thinking about picking something off the floor. I don't know if I'll be all right. Would I tweak my bag? And I think often when you need to start very gently and very slowly to start building the, the confidence in your body's physical ability up again, mobility is such a lovely start. You're often grounded onto the, you know, you're often doing them on the floor. So you feel supported by the ground. There is no lifting of things. You're only just working with your body. And it. what I really love about mobility, and that's where kind of that emotional component, mental component comes in, is that it allows you to observe. It allows you to get out of your head and into your body and you observe. You kind of think, hey, my right hip is feeling a lot tighter than my left hip. Wow, I've got this tension in my shoulder blade. I didn't even know that was there. You know, it, it's it's almost like a body scan. Mm -hmm. And then you can start kind of delving deeper. Why do I have that tension in my shoulder blade? How come my right hip is moving better than my left hip? What is going on? And and I think I've seen it so many times before where post some kind of traumatic event, it could be a mental health event as well. It could be mm -hmm. you know, a massive doubt, um, you know, bout of depression or anxieties and things like that where women have um, or people have started with gentle mobility and it just kind of eased them into movement and recovery and really building that confidence back in their body. Like, yes, my body can do I'm, I'm okay again, I'll be fine. And then and then they can eventually move into a bit of strength training and, and prevent their injuries or recover from their surgeries or their um, mental health issues. I work with a lot of people with severe mental health issues Mm -hmm. people with severe OCD and um, people who have been severely depressed because of chronic pain or some, you know, surgery. I've had people with very sudden traumatic surgeries as well. And often it's that mobility that really helps them in that first stage of recovery. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, a thousand times yet. I think that is one of the hardest things about what I do now because it is all virtual and because I am working a lot with more like the nervous system and mind body and teaching people about emotions. And I'm a physical therapist. I'm like, I need to see your individual movement. 
it was a very hard decision, but I'm like, I just have kind of stepped out of like any type of exercise or movement, unless it's like a one-on-one person where we are getting really specific about it. But it's, I do see, I think that is a mistake that happens in the mind-body world of so much emphasis on, hey, we need to work on this fear of movement, which is super important to do from the mind-body side, but it's like, it can't be done in a silo. Like you can work on it through inner work and, and you know, I have all kinds of tools and processes and ways that to talk to your body, but you have to have something that you are then taking it into action and showing your body how movement can be safe. Like you can't sit in a, on a meditation cushion and build safety around movement if there's fear there. Like there has to be an action taken and it's just figuring out where can you start? What is what does feel safe? What does, or working with someone like yourself who can really help guide people on this really personalized level to build confidence. But it's like, I don't think you can get confidence without the actual action. I'm seeing that more and more like on the online space as this mind-body work is becoming more accessible, which is great. But I feel like this is a like kind of the shadow side of it is people kind of like being like, well, I'm not going to work out until I feel totally comfortable and confident in my body. And it's just like, that is a problem. Like that, mm. you're going to jam up somewhere. You're going to get, you're going to really plateau along the, on the, along the pathway. Both you and I know that you cannot separate the physical, the mental, and the emotional. It, we, we are one thing. Yes. We are one organic entity that is the blend of all three. You can't just work on the physical, you know, just with exercise. You can't just work on the emotional or mental. But what I've found, because obviously movement is, that's my jam and that's what I do and that's what I have expertise Mm -hmm. in. I often see people processing emotions and trauma Mm -hmm. through movement because for some people it's the meditation, for some people it's hypnotherapy. For me, it has always been movement. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a dark place, mentally or emotionally, I go and surf. I, I I I move with my steel mace or something, you know, like that. So I think that people can, you know, we all know that stuck emotions and trauma manifest in the body in a physical way, right? You get tight somewhere, you have an injury, or you kind of stuff it down. And I think that movement, things like dance perhaps, you know, or yoga for some people or mobility or steel mace flow for some people can really ease that kind of stuck emotion and trauma out of out of the body in a really nice way. You just have to find what works for you. You know, that's what's always worked for me. I have a lot of people who will um, sometimes cry or feel really sad when they are working out and or, you know, they tell me about something while they're moving and the tears just come. So it is all just that free. It's almost like you just give them a, a safe container in which to process what has been happening to their body. I had a client who almost died in childbirth. There was there was a long journey of recovery, of of kind of reconnecting with the body because I think sometimes people who go through trauma are very disconnected from their physical body because mm-hmm. the, you probably see that with your clients, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. With the body because mm-hmm. it caused you some trauma and pain. And this client went through like 12 surgeries in the first year post-traumatic birth where she almost died. So there was so much trauma that it took six months for her to be okay 
living in her body again. So, and that's through exercise, careful, very careful, very gentle, very supported one-on-one exercise, of course, but, um, it's, it's possible for some people to heal through that. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you brought this in because I was actually having a conversation with a client the other day, and it's not the first time I've heard this is, I feel like I'm kind of ripping on the mind-body space of this podcast, but <laughs> I, I as I'm in it. But it's like we all will, will, right, it's like we all have this bias in view of the world. And so what my client was t- talking about was she was feeling very obligated from another program that she was in. It was all these, here's these like meditations you need to do and questions you need to ask. And it was, to me, a, a ridiculous amount of things that she was kind of shitting on herself to do every morning. So I was like, let's actually go through your two-hour morning mind, like mind-body routine because this is absolutely insane. Where did you get this from? Because <laughs> um, she's a new client. So I was like, okay, first we need to back up. You do not need to be adding anything else. We need to be taking out, right? And so I got to this pl- place where I'm like, okay, let's just like scrap it all what do you want to do? What would feel like joyful and amazing for you? And she was like, to go for a walk with my dog. And I was like, okay, so, and are you doing that? She's like, well, I oh, sometimes don't have time because I have to do this and this. And like, I'm supposed to do this prep. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I was like, but, but it's like physically she can do it. Like there's no pain. Like the pain does not stop her from going for a walk with her dog. Mm-hmm. And she's like, to me, it feels like very meditative. And I was like, so do that instead of meditating. Like that is your meditation. And she was like, but I thought that was dissociation. And I was like, no, not not when you feel that it's meditative, right? Mm-hmm. Not when you're having that experience of like, ah, oh, when I'm going this walk, I'm in, in the presence of nature. And she's like, I just get to look at my dog and how cute he is. And I just feel so in the moment and I just forget everything else. And I was like, that's your meditation, that right? Meditation. Like it, that way more valuable than the whatever 20 minute guided process they told you that you had to do. And I think so many women had this experience of because of what you talked about earlier, that's luckily shifting, but where it's like exercise was associated with, hey, I need to look a certain way. That for so many exercise is dissociative, right? It's like, I got to go move my body. There's like where you see like a you know, a quote unquote over exercising. I have issues with that term, but we'll use it right now. Um, <laughs> Where it's like, I got to go to the gym and be on the elliptical for, you know, an hour and a half because I have to burn this many calories. And it's not from any type of embodied or connection state. And I think there's at least a lot of my clients that, you know, a lot tend to have um, the history of eating disorders or, you know, a lot of body dysmorphia. And so I do see it very commonly where exercise does become dissociation. Or it's like when they start moving, they do immediately dissociate because that's been the their experience. But what I love about what you're talking about is that it's like you're bringing it back into the connection with their body, that it doesn't have to be that way. And that is, that's where the healing is happening, is reconnecting them to their bodies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it could be anything. And I think, you know, women, women still use sometimes exercise as punishment. Yes. Hey, I had, oh, I had goodness, a donut. Yeah. And now I have to work it off at the gym. And yes, and I, you know, I love how you said that. You know, that for your client, the walk was the pleasurable, and and she was. And I think that a lot of people think meditation is sitting in a room with closed eyes, in a lotus position, 
thinking about nothing. But I was working with a hypnotherapist who was also a client and he said, that's rubbish. Meditation can be anything where exactly you said, where you in the moment. For some people, that's exercise. For some people, for your client, that's walking. For me, it's movement and cooking. And I found Mm -hmm. cooking immensely nourishing, like figuratively and (laughs) metaphorically as well. But that is often my meditation when I just shut myself in the kitchen and I'm just very present and I'm just making food. So I think it can come in so many forms and how wonderful to find for your client to find something that is meditative and so good for you as well, right? It's exercise, de-stressing, it's time in nature, which women, humans really crave, Mm -hmm. being out in the elements and feeling the wind on your skin and sun or rain or hail or snow you know it's it's very beautiful yeah so i think people just need to find don't go and stand on a you know do a treadmill for an hour just find something that brings you joy exercise should be sure it should be something you look forward to most of the time Mm -hmm. yes i love that and i think that's where i'll bring back in like the steel mace concept is like finding what works for you or what gives you that like oh that like empowered sense you know of like I mean for me like that's why I do love CrossFit it was so funny when I went back I was like man I miss like the feeling of my hands feeling like they are being torn up and I was like maybe this is a little weird but like there's something so like satisfying about it right and I was like oh my goodness I gotta rebuild up all my calluses but like Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching like your videos with like the steel mace and I'm like, oh, there's something that's so like, mm, like following that, just that gut urge of like, this would feel so good. The other thing I really want to try is like the acro yoga with the like ribbons where the people like hang from it. I was like, oh, absolutely. That sounds so cool. But it's like, it gets me fun. <laughs> like what, yeah. what lights you, you up? What lights you um, up? And nothing, you know, go somewhere where you get a lot out of your exercise so for me the steel mace is about feeling like a warrior feeling invincible powerful strong yet feminine Mm. i love it because it's a bit of a dance so you get to kind of feel quite sensual as well Mm. but it's getting stronger and so you know like what you get from crossfit you don't just get exercise and strong muscles right you get the empowerment you feel confident and you feel powerful and you've got you know your palaces to prove it you know you look at it every day and it so yeah find everybody needs to find exercise that is just giving them a bit more than just the strong bones and strong muscles but you know i i know that when i put a mace in a woman's hand she gets that look immediately you know that kind of worry and like wow this is Oh, and it's very dynamic, very kind of organic tool because it moves with you. It's very nuanced as well. It responds to the slightest, you know, movement and it's, yeah, it's very organic. That's what I love about it. It feels very alive in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And so if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm not in New Zealand where you are located and they are interested in like trying out the steel mace, what do you, what do you recommend they start? So if you want to buy a steel mace, they're very readily available on Amazon. They're not expensive um, and they're very portable. It's a very portable tool. It's so easy to chuck it at the back of your car. You can take it. I take 
I take my mates on holidays. I go and exercise in the garden or on the beach. So they're very easy to access, very inexpensive. Start somewhere very small. So I usually start people on four kilos or roughly about seven, eight pounds mm -hmm. because it is not like a barbell or dumbbell. It's It will be unlike anything you've ever held in your hands before. And then um, I have a um, fully... Um, you know, a full program with steel mace, which has steel mace flows and steel mace interval training as well. But I have a lot of um, videos on my YouTube channel and um, I teach people inside my Facebook, um, private Facebook community as well. So you can absolutely start for free, just start playing around with it. Um, get yourself one from Amazon or from TechFit, which is the certification that I hold. They sell very beautiful maces as well. And to start playing around with it a little bit to see what it feels like and see if it speaks to you. That will be my recommendation. Yeah. Um, go, I've got quite, I, I tend to post a little bit more beginner videos too, because mm -hmm. I found that quite often on social media and YouTube, you find these very elaborate, complicated mace flows and people get a little bit, you know, overwhelmed. So I have made a point of really starting from the beginning, learning how to switch the mace in your hands, learning some just mobility with the mace because it's lovely just to do weighted mobility with it. You can do some quite lovely movements for that and then very slowly starting maybe doing a mace flow just with two movements. It's very simple because it's a, it's a lot of coordination that's happening in there, you know, when you're combining mm -hmm. things like lateral lunges with vertical presses because generally... You're combining very kind of complex movements, kind of multi, you know, they, they involve a lot of muscles and a lot of joints and are very complex. So it's kind of nice to start at the beginning and build the foundational movements very well before you start swinging it with one hand and, you know, and kind of aspire to people that, you know, um, have been doing it for a very long time. It, it takes time. Yeah, definitely and exercise in patience and, and, you know, being kind of humble with it. And once you mm -hmm. wake yourself on the head a couple of times, you realize that maybe you shouldn't rush the process, <laughs> you know, it's an instant feedback. You, um, you know, if you, if you're exercising with a steel mace with a bit of ego, it will punish you quite quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're so making me want to go try one right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, this is so, like, I didn't, I, like, loved hearing all of that because I just never thought of it in any of that way. And I'm like, oh, what a cool tool because so often we tend to respond in life in certain ways. And it's like one of them is, like, this urgency. Yeah. And, like, I need to, you know, get to where I'm going right away. And also this, I think it's so common for perfectionism is, like, we look at the expert and are then mad somehow that we're not already there which is like such a ridiculous expectation which I find myself doing it in certain you know places as well but it's like why why would you be good at it if you've literally never tried it and what I think it's kind of cool as, as you were talking about it I feel like what's cool about having this thing that's not common and it's so like like you said it's like it's unlike anything you've ever like played with is it I think that almost sounds like it would be so much easier to be so humble and start from the very beginning because there's almost like no expectation because like I know for me going back to CrossFit now you know it's a little hard sometimes when I'm like man I used to be able to squat like 100 pounds more right like I'm having like I had a baseline that I'm having to like bring myself down from whereas like this I'm like I have zero ego in it 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what a cool way to like not only get all the benefits you've talked about, but also bring in what you were just saying of like learn how to put your ego aside and be mm-hmm. humble and like meet yourself completely where you are and go with it from there. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. And I love what you said. You said the word play. And I mm-hmm. think that's just the key. You know, like I don't feel like I'm exercising with the mace quite a lot of times. I feel like I'm playing with it. I'm playing and I'm exploring. And I think I love that component of that. It's it, it's very playful. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we suddenly arrive in adulthood and we stop having fun. Right. We stop having fun. Everything is so serious and exercise is so serious. And oh, I have to be strong and I have to have strong bones. And people forgot that exercise and movement should be playful you know look at children you know look at children wrestling look at children just exploring their environment and I think that's what I probably love about the steel mace too is that play component and you're just exploring movement and it's it's just really nice it's fun it's fun and a lot of my clients say like this is just so much fun Mm. And exercise is not a chore anymore, is it? If it's fun, it can't be chore. Right? Oh, I Either or. So Either fun or it's chore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I really love. And that's what my clients, that's the feedback I often, often get. It's fun and it keeps the brain really engaged because you're moving in such complex way. Mm-hmm. As soon as your mind wanders a bit, it goes terribly wrong very quickly and it gives you instant feedback. You know, when you're swinging the mace around your body, you cannot wander. Your mind can't wander. And if you are doing complex flow and you're going from side to side, from movement to movement, as soon as you start thinking about what's for dinner or your deadline at work, you get lost. Mm-hmm. I think it's that again that. You need to be so connected and so present in your body. And all you think about is how you're moving, where you're going next, what do you need to do to perform that movement well. So it's actually really nourishing, I think, for the mind because it gets to switch off. Yeah. You know, you can't get infected with the thoughts of, well, I had a fight with my teenager before I came here. What's for dinner tonight? We ran out of toilet paper. Um, I've got this deadline at work, you know, all that kind of incessant thousands of thoughts that we get every single day, which overwhelm us and stress us. And suddenly you just, for 20 minutes, you get to move and you don't, you can't think about any of that. I think in terms of the mental health and having coached people with severe OCD and, you know, really significant, you know, um, challenging mental health issues that is their break that is where they don't get to be affected as much by their condition and I have clients specifically this one with really severe OCD who said if I don't move every single day my day is awful Mm. but if I do that 20 minutes every single day I can keep everything I can kind of keep the lid on it just yeah, so it doesn't kind of overflow. So I think that what a lot of people don't realize that exercise is not only good for physical health, but it's extremely potent for 
mental and emotional well-being as well yes 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 oh my goodness that's so it's so beautiful like what a beautiful gift your client is giving to herself of like just doing those 20 minutes and it's it really is I think sometimes because it seems almost so simple or easier it's just 20 minutes right like it doesn't feel like enough especially for perfectionists because I know (laughs) what that's like um it really is I think we underestimate yeah how much of a freaking difference I can make. Um, I actually feel that people overcomplicate exercise. Oh, yeah. Really. I, I, oh, I think yeah. even if you just boil it down to 10 minutes of mobility over a single day and a walk, you're probably going to mm-hmm. be fine. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much. I feel like I could ask you so many more things. <laughs> we can talk about it. We can talk about it. Now, now, I feel the same way. I love this. Where Any... Well, let's let people know where they can find you. And then if you have any like last words that you want to leave people with, um, feel free to do that. You can find me. Um, I have a website where I have um, a lot of um, free content, a lot of freebies too, to get you started with mobility. I have a six day free mobility challenge where people get a lot of phenomenal results in just six days, which is um, free. So you can download that quite easily on my website. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and I have a um, private exclusive community on Facebook as well for women. That's where I run training, and that's probably where people can access mm-hmm. my support in the most kind of direct way. And then last words of wisdom, um, just just move. Move your body and enjoy enjoy what you were given i mean a a physical body that you know your body that moves well without pain is such a gift and your body is essentially the vessel in which you get to experience life on this planet so look after it yeah we spend so much time looking after our positions and we once your body's gone it's 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 gone and also the lifespan of a human joint is 120 years. So if you are having joint replacements at 60, you're not doing something right. Yes. So yes, look after yes, your joints. Yes. Look after your joints, people, with mobility. And it really is as simple as five to ten minutes a day. That's it. That is oh. it. That will keep you out of pain and moving till you are very, very old. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. All the links to Yana's information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and inspiring me to like want to go look into getting a steel mace for myself because <laughs> I don't need more gym equipment, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. It's been such a wonderful conversation. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure and real honor. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.